Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to Notes on Spiritual Warfare. In our last episode, we discussed the ramifications that are often experienced throughout their lives of people who have been sexually molested or raped during their childhood. We also said a prayer for healing, and I ask that you continue to pray uh, with me, that you continue to download and share that episode with others regarding that because there are so many people who have been affected by that thing and and it's it's a very hard thing to talk about but it can be an encouraging thing to just know that someone is standing and praying for you and praying for justice for you and believing in justice for you and as i said before in that episode i'm going to say it again that the lord is doing a new thing and i and i really believe that healing is a part of that new thing but in this episode we are going to discuss a topic that seems to be really prevalent in the ideas of many Christians, especially in the black Christian church, which um, and just in, uh, let's say, in common, you know, society, just in the, you know, in mass media is this idea that Satan was like the worship leader or the lead angel of worship in heaven. But before we get started with that, I wanted to let you guys know that this is the last episode of season one. As I mentioned here before, I really was not, I had no idea about starting this podcast. I had, <laughs> you know, no inkling. As I said, it came to me one day I was, as I was fasting and I was fasting about something completely different. It had absolutely nothing to do with this podcast and with nothing to do with the topics that I've discussed here thus far with you. But I'm really glad that I started it and I appreciate all the support that I've gotten from you guys so far. This is still a new podcast and so your support is like really, really pertinent in order for this podcast to grow um, at this point. So you know, although this is the last episode of season one, your support is still necessary and greatly appreciated. So for season two, I have some things that I like to do to try to enhance the topics and the quality of the episodes that I'm bringing to you. I'm looking to do more with, you know, enhancing the quality of the recording software that I use, even the equipment that I use. And so if you would like to assist me in being able to accomplish that, be prior to the start of season two, um, I'll put the link in the description where you can show your support. I would really appreciate that. Also, you can continue to download these episodes and share them with someone for whom you care. But today, I just wanted to go on. This would be like the second episode in the False Doctrine versus Biblical Truth series. And it is about Satan being the minister of music in heaven. Now, there is absolutely no biblical reference for this belief or understanding. Yet, I hear many people say it all the time. As if it's really something that you read in the Bible. Now, 
a few years ago when I first heard this doctrine or this belief or this rumor, I asked myself because at this point, I had read my Bible, the entire Bible at this point, and never saw anywhere in the Bible where that could be found to be true. And so I'm really one of those people who gets really agitated. Like it, it, it annoys me, not just with the, the Bible, but with anything. Like I don't like when people say that something says something and it doesn't say that. It's their interpretation, but it, 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 it's not what it says. I'm very much a verbatim kind of person when it comes to certain things, particularly when you're making a reference or when you're citing something. And because I think it's important to be able to make sure you say, well, this says this. So if I want to go back and reference it later, I can find that there. And so looked it up and I, I was trying to figure out like, why, why are people saying this? Like, where are they getting this from? Well, apparently they're getting it from a scripture that's in Ezekiel. And I think I should say that anytime that I'm reading from scripture on this podcast, it is always, unless I attribute it otherwise, it's always going to be from the King James version of the Bible. And so... <clears throat> There's a scripture in Ezekiel chapter 28. It's in verse verse 13 that makes reference to what I think that these that people where wherever this started from, this is where they're getting it from. Now, what I'm going to do instead though is because Ezekiel 28 is kind of kinds of going to lay the foundation for our understanding about what is true about Satan according to what the scripture tells us. And so I'm going to go ahead and read a few of those verses now. Okay, so we're starting in chapter 28, and I'm going to start at verse 13. So it says, You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle in gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that you were created. You are the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. You have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, will I bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It shall devour you, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. So, <clears throat> again, this is a, a scripture that is made known to be a reference unto satan or lucifer but it's made known to be a reference unto satan although it was 
being addressed to a, a certain king who was ruling at that time. And if you read that, you can read and understand what I mean by that by reading it in context. But I wanted to read that first so that we have the foundation laid for our understanding about what it is that we know to be true for a fact based on what is written in scripture about Satan. So I have five main points here. And we're just going to go through them quickly. And I'm just going to give you certain scriptures that I'm going to point out. And as I always tell you guys, anything that I reference in here or on this episode or in this on this podcast, you can just go to the description from wherever you're streaming this from and be able to see where you can follow the links to have your reference there. So the number one thing that we know to be true about Satan and I think everybody knows this, right? Is that he is a liar and a murderer, and he is the father of the lie. And John 8 and 44, Jesus Christ tells us this. He tells us that you are of, when he's speaking to the synagogue of Satan, who we know are the remnant of the seed of Satan, okay? When he's speaking to them, he's telling them like, hey, you are of your father. When he's, you know, saying you don't recognize me because you're of your father, the, the devil. You know, he was a, a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And the work of your, your father is what you will do. And this is what he's speaking to the Pharisees and those who are supposed to be ruling over Israel and who are supposed to be setting the law and the order of God to the people, but really they're hypocrites, okay? But there's something else here that Jesus also tells us. It says he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, but there is no because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And so what he Jesus Christ is telling us there is not only is he a liar and a murderer, but there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. And when he speaks, he speaks of his own accord. So he making it up. He's coming from himself. And then though I, I looked in the um, Strong's Concordance to find the root word for the word lie that is used here in the King James. And this is what I found. So in the Strong's Concordance, the root word here is G5579. So that is the reference number that you can type into the concordance. And the word, the root word there is pseudos or pseudos is how it's pronounced. Now, the immediately when I saw that, I was like, okay, pseudo. Because in English, the word pseudo is a reference to uh, saying that something is fake, right? So when you say, well, this is like a pseudoscience, you're saying that this is kind of like a science, but it's not really a science. It's something that's fronting like a science, right? And so the root uh, word that is utilized there, the meaning of it comes across as a conscious and intentional falsehood. So Jesus is saying that he consciously and intentionally. So this is the intention that's behind the words that Christ is speaking here when he says that he is uh, when he speaks a lie. So when he consciously speaks false you know speaks a lie he's consciously speaking a falsehood he's intentionally speaking a falsehood another definition that the root word represents is uh whatever is not what it seems to be which goes back to the pseudo you know that we use in the english 
But I think that's also important to point out because Jesus Christ also tells us that Satan's ministry, those who are of him, those angels that fell with him, his ministers even, those who are doing the work of his, of his hands in the earth, are, you know, they come appearing as angels of light or wolves in sheep's clothing. And I think that brings us to our next point about what it is that we know to be true about Satan according to scripture. And that is number two, that he is beautiful. And so not only does Jesus Christ tell us that he's able to transform himself or his ministers are able to transform themselves as angels of light. So appearing to be light when really they are darkness, because remember, there is no truth in him. We also see here in Ezekiel 28, verse 13, that he was covered with every precious stone. He said he had the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the, em the emerald, carbuncle, and gold. In verse 12, it tells us he sealed up the sum. So what that's saying to us is that of all things of beauty, of all things good and he sealed up the sum of wisdom and perfection, and he was covered in beautiful stones. And so this is how he was made to be, you know, to be beautiful, to appear good. And even, even I have heard of men who have at least twice, I'm thinking very clearly about two men that I've heard give a testimony about how they were once in witchcraft and they, or they were dabbling or heavily in the occult and having a dream of a beautiful woman. Now, I can't think of her name right now, but she has a specific name that they call that she comes to them and tells them what her name is. And, um, she's a beaut They say she's beautiful. Like all that they would like desire in a woman she appears to them as such, but they knew that it was really Satan appearing to them as this beautiful woman who was trying to lead them deeper into the deception that they were already living in, into the darkness that they were already living in. And so we know for sure that he's a liar, he's a murderer, and that he is beautiful. And number three, the another thing that we know is that he is proud and and proud in the sense of the kind that leads to destruction unfortunately and we can see that just from day one when he first showed up on the scene when he came to eve he brought destruction with him they got kicked out of the garden now women can't have uh, babies without having pain and childbirth men you know you got to work hard by the sweat of your brow you have to toil to make a living we have sin that may is made manifest in our bodies by number one that we have a set time to die so you know we're not eternal as i believe we were originally created to be like we just it, he brought death and destruction with him so we know that his pride is a downfall you know as the scripture says pride comes before destruction but we also see here again in ezekiel 28 the lord tells us that his heart was lifted up because he was beautiful in verse 17 it reads, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. 
I will cast you to the ground and I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. And so this is another thing we see. He's a very he's very proud. You know, the kind of pride that leads to destruction. As I said again, it was his beauty that made him lift himself up and think more highly of himself than he should have been thinking. And also here too, I do want to point out that it for number four is that he's wise. You know, I hear people say things like, Satan, he, he can't do nothing new. Everything he do, he do just to try to copy God, which is true, which is true. I do believe that. Now, we don't, this is not facts, okay? Because remember, this is, we're talking about the tradition of men's beliefs and the doctrine of men versus what actually is written in scripture. But that doesn't, you know, I, I feel that people often take that and I, and I even hear people insult Satan by saying things like he's stupid, you know, he don't know nothing, you know, saying things that I, I, I get it. They, they feel like they want to insult him and bring him low which already been ordained, it's already done as we see here, you know, he's cast down and that there's going to come a time where the scripture even says that the kings of the earth are going to look down on him like, is this, is this the one who brought nations low? Is this the one who was bringing out the death and destruction? Like, this is who we was following, you know? And so there's going to come a time where he's brought low. He's already brought low, right? It's already ordained. It's done. It's written. But I, I often like laugh to myself when I hear people say things like insulting his intelligence because he's not he's not stupid. He's not dumb. He's he's a wise being. And that is why even though people like to say like he doesn't do anything new, he just copies off the creator. Yet and still we all know that there's nothing new under the sun, but for centuries since the beginning of mankind mankind has been falling for the same old tricks and the same old wiles and the same old temptations that he has placed before them and so to me that is a wise person because like even we say as humans if it ain't broke don't fix it right so if if i can lay this temptation before you or if i can lay you know something before you that that I know will bring cause the destruction that I already know that I come with and that I already know has been ordained for me because that's his goal. He wants to bring as many with him as possible to where he's going. If if <laughs> you know if I can just send this simple thing that I used you know two centuries ago before you and you fall for it, just be packaged a different way because I'm wise, right? I'm going to package it differently to you. Then and why would I try anything different? And so, yeah, I just, so if number four, we know that he is wise, right? So this part, this part, we know that he's a liar, he's beautiful, he's proud, and he's wise. But another thing that I think is important, and this is the fifth point, is that he wants to be worshipped. And again, we have to be mindful of the scriptures that are speaking directly to this but in in this case we're going to move over from ezekiel ezekiel we're going to move over from ezekiel 28 we're going to go over here mosey on over here to isaiah chapter 14 
because it is here that we also get a little bit more insight um, about Satan. Before he was cast down, he was Lucifer. But, but here we get a little bit more information about why it is that he was cast down. And so I'm going to read a couple of verses here. I'm going to start at chapter four, uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. And it says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you, ca how are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mounts of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So here this the scripture tells us very clearly, identifying him directly, that you know he was cast down because in his heart he had exalted himself above God and and I I think it's important because even with this Corinthians it tells us that this is why it's important to bring every thought under the obedience of Jesus Christ and cast down all things that exalts itself above the knowledge of him right so we have a being that was created and who was ordained to do something so that we're going to talk about that here shortly so he was ordained he did have a job quote unquote if we're going to say that i'm doing the quote unquote fingers y'all he did have a job per se in heaven but he was cast out from his position because he had exhausted himself in his heart. He had exhausted himself above God. And not only had he exhausted himself, but he was plotting. Like he had a whole plan, you know. <laughs> what it say right here, it says that he said, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit upon the mounts of the congregation. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. So, you know, not only did he, he exalt himself above God because of his pride, because he was, he was created beautiful and perfect and wise, as Ezekiel 28 tells us. But he, he made a plan. Like, he planned it out. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to sit on the mountain of the congregation. And I'm going to be, I'm going to put my throne above the stars of God. And I'm going to be like him. You see? So, these are the five things that we know for sure. These are for certain. This is what we know to be true about Satan. And I guess where I want to make the reference to what they're talking about, this verse here, Ezekiel 28, 13, is the part where they say, The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in the in the day that you was that you were created and so this is the one little line that that this doctrine or this ideology i believe that satan was the minister of music in heaven or he led the angels in worship in heaven this is the this is the line that that entire ideology is is based upon and so first i want to point out the fact that 
when I was looking at, looking into this and I was trying to, because right now I'm at a point where I'm trying to like teach myself Greek so that I can, you know, have a better breakdown of the a meaning and the depth of the words of scripture, right? Because we all know that when you're doing translation from one language to another, or, you know, even if it's the same language, oftentimes, you know, how the translations come across, although it may use a word that is similar that is being used, or there may not be a word that is similar. Oftentimes, the understanding of a word has to be understood in the context of the weight that it carries based on the intention of the person who is speaking it right and as a person who has a who understands how fundamental reading is i've always been a reader i love reading i really get how monumental of a change can be when you even removing the word the or putting in the word the you know removing the word the letter a or the word a from a word or a sentence or putting in the letter a how significantly it can change your understanding of the what is implied or the meaning of what someone is saying i i really can appreciate that there are some things that in the scripture as i'm reading it even in the king james though i do believe it is the best translation <clears throat> based on the manuscripts that have been given unto us versus the other ones i understand that the translation may not have come over exactly in the way that the original writer may have meant it or the depth at which they have meant it and so what I found during my researching and trying to understand this particular scripture and the breakdown of it and the roots and the breakdown of each word is that this particular part of the Hebrew is not is not necessarily agreed to be an exact translation of what the original author meant. So basically what I'm saying is for that particular line in that scripture there is some dispute about whether or not that translation or that of how the hebrew actually broke down and what those words mean and so <clears throat> like the words hybrids and pipes like there's there's no exact understanding about what that would have meant or what that would have looked like looks like and so for an entire doctrine of of him being the minister of music or the lead worship singer worship leader in heaven above all the other angels it's that's a really shaky basis or foundation particularly when we have no other reference in scripture about what that looks like what that meant and ex what exactly that that means a taper in a pipe and how that applied to him you understand and so i just wanted to bring that to you guys's attention because like i said for for sure we know these five things about satan he's a liar he's a murderer he's proud he's wise and he wants to be worshipped and we know that he wants to be worshipped because not only does he say that he's going to exalt himself above the most high God and that he's going to sit on the side of the, you know, in the mountain of the congregation of God's people. But he tried to get Jesus to worship him 
as a part of his temptation when Christ was going through his time in the wilderness. And so first what he tried to do was get God to Christ to prove himself to him. And when that didn't work, then he tried to get Christ to to bow down and worship him. And so worship is a is a key thing. Like that's like his his thing. He needs you to make sacrifices to him. He needs you to worship and honor him so that he can feel as if he is accomplishing that thing which he which essentially got him cast out of heaven which is exalting himself above the most high god and so you can read about satan tempting christ to worship him in the three gospels in matthew and mark and luke and i'll link those in the description but i also wanted to leave you with this today because what again i think it's important to this series overall is important because when you know what the truth is versus what the doctrine is versus what the traditional beliefs are, then you can move forward in a way that allows you to identify certain things that are working in the world according to what has been revealed to us through the truth of scripture. So now that we know these five things for certain are true about Satan, I think that there are some other things that can be inferred from what we have read and what we do know that will be closer to the truth than this idea of Satan being the worship leader in heaven, which again, there's absolutely no other identifying information that will support that idea or belief. And the information is based on um, a, a couple of lines and some words in scripture that is kind of shaky at best in, in understanding how the translation came over and what exactly it means. But I want to take you back to Ezekiel 28 because I feel like Ezekiel really does like sum it all up, right? It sums it all up basically what it is that we know to be true about Satan. <clears throat> So it includes all the five things that we know. But there's another thing that stood out to me. And that is in verse, let's see here, 14. So Ezekiel 28, 14. And it says that you are the anointed cherub that covers. And I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. And you walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Now, we're going to pause right here and we're going to we're going to think about that for a second because I never hear anyone talk about that. And in fact, until I got so annoyed after finally, you know, hearing someone the other day say, you know, Satan was music, a, a minister of music in heaven. So, you know, because we were having a discussion about the music industry and all that. I never I never hear anyone talk about the fact that he was anointed or ordained by God this is what God is saying that he was anointed to be a cherub or an angel that covers now as I read you know Isaiah 28 and as I read Ezekiel or Isaiah 28 Isaiah 14 and I read Ezekiel 28 I came into the understanding or conclusion that Satan he wasn't just there was a lot of things that happened there. So when he was cast down, it seems to me it was implied that originally he was cast down because 
no, not originally he was cast down, but originally when he was created, because it said that he was even in the Garden of Eden, right? We know that. That's These are places in scripture. We have this that just testifies of this, not only in Genesis, but here also in Ezekiel 28. But he was in the Garden of Eden. But it says that when he was created, he was created to be beautiful. He was created to be wise, but he was created to cover but instead, somehow, in between all that, he became our accuser. And so this is what I think. And now, this is just my theory. We already discussed the five things that we know to be true based on the scripture. But this is just my theory, y'all. And I just want y'all to hear me out because this is what I think. I think that when he was Lucifer, when he was created as Lucifer, he was created to be, you know, as the Bible says, that he's the God of this earth. I think that. In this understanding of what we know to be a world, in this understanding of time, he was created to be he was created to be an angel or a cherub who was to be a covering for something, maybe people, maybe the world, but he was meant to be a covering. But because of the pride in his heart, and because of much this is what the Bible says here, particularly we're going to go back to 28. And look at verses 18 and let's see, oh, verse 18, you have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, it shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Now, I want to run back up to verse 5 real quick because it says in Ezekiel 28, By your great wisdom and by your traffic, you have increased your riches and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. So what I think is, is that he was anointed as an angel or a covering angel, right? Because the scripture tells us that God sends his angels to, forth to minister unto the saints. So he was anointed to be a minister or an angel who covers, right? And instead of covering, what he did was he got prideful in his heart. And the Bible says that because of his ability to traffic, so, you know, to make deals and move to and fro, like even he told us in Job, Satan, God came and said, Satan, what have you been doing? And he said, oh, I've just been going up and down in the earth. You know what I'm saying? So, and the Bible, again, testifies to this because it says that he was, going up and down before the stones of fire right he was in the in the the private you know he was like in god's inner circle basically right of his people or his angels that he kept close you know from what it sound like he was in the inner circle right and so he was anointed to be this cherub who covers and the scripture tells us that God has an angel who encamps around those that fear him to deliver them. So he has his angels that cover and look after his people. Psalm 91. He gives his angels charge over you so that lest you dash your foot against a stone. You understand? So he was anointed to cover, but somehow because of the pride in his heart, because of his beauty, he used these things to, in my opinion, entice and tempt men the same way he did Jesus Christ, remember, into worshiping him. 
So I will give you these kingdoms. I will give you because this is what he says, particularly in Luke four. Which is a little bit more information, a little bit different from the other. This is what I really love about the Gospels. Because in the Gospels, it's written from each man's point of view. They all leave in the, you know, talk about the same thing. But they, it, it's kind of like those movies that's like, tells you the same story. But it tells you from each, different people's perspective. What was that one movie called? It's like a perfect summation of what I'm trying to say. I can't think of it right now, but it, you know what movie I'm talking about. That movie where like, I think it was like an accident that happened or something happened. And so from this one event, they show you like, okay, from this one event, this is, it affected this person this way. It affected this person this way. I forget what that movie is called. I'll look it up and I'll put that in the description too. I'll figure it out. So in Luke 4, it says specifically Luke 4 verse 6. And the devil said to him, all this power will I give you in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. And so knowing that Satan is the God of this world, as the scripture tells us, this world and the kingdoms of it were given unto him, right? But he was created to be a cherub that covers but because of the pride and the corruption of his wisdom and his beauty, just like I believe the same temptation that he brought before Christ is the same temptation that he brought before these men who are the rulers of the earth now, right? That if you just bow down and worship me, I will give you the glory of these things, right? And he fell from grace because of that pride. And the Bible is telling us because of your merchandise, and because of your trafficking, all the things that you were able to do because of the things that made you beautiful, it corrupted you. You corrupt. You were corrupted because of your beauty and your wisdom. And to getting men to worship you, that's my own words. But that's what I believe. Because again, he was created to be a, a, a cherub that covers. But, but when he fell, he became our accuser. You see? He's now he's the accuser of the brethren rather than the one who covers us. And because he was created with wisdom to cover us, he understands also, too, because I believe this wisdom was the wisdom to, you know, if you're going to be a covering for someone, you got to know how you're going to cover them. Right. So just think about it as a parent. When I look after my kids. I look after them concerning the things that they, I know that they're able to do. And what, what they may be weak in, right? And so when I'm sending them out somewhere or out into the world or they're not with me, I keep in mind when I send my son over here, he, he might stay up too long on the video game. So I'm going to talk to my friend and say, hey, friend, look, I know that my son may make you think that I allow him to stay up to 3 o'clock in the morning playing a game, but that's not true. I, this is his set time, but if you let him, if you try to let him go or you don't say nothing to him, he's going to try to push it. So make sure you cut it off at this time. You know, so I'm his covering as his parent. I'm going to look after him because I know what he's capable of, what he's able to do within his own strength. But I also can understand where their weaknesses are. Right. And so that's what I think that he does. Like he was created to be a covering for the people or for, you know, 
the, yeah, for the people. He was created to be a covering for, because remember, he was in the Garden of Eden. That's where humanity begins. So instead of being a covering, because of his beauty, he didn't, uh, you know, traffic, made a lot of merchandise on between the other angels that eventually fell with him. But he didn't done all this trafficking, making the deals. The Bible says speaking, leasing. You know what I'm saying? Speaking lies, making deals because of his the pride in his heart because of his beauty and his wisdom. And when he came to the garden, he tried to do the same thing with Eve. Because remember, this is God's creation, but his intention in his heart is to set himself above the most high God. Above his above the stars of the most high. Above, you know, he, he said, I will be like him. You understand? Even though he was created. And I think this understanding is solidified when we read, you know, not only verse 18 and verse 5, but when we read verse 16. Because he said, by the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Pay attention to the wording there. It says that by the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. So it's, it's in the midst of you. In the midst of what has been given unto your hand, because remember, he tells us, and we already know he's the God of this world, the kingdoms and all the glory thereof belong unto him. So in what has been given to him to cover, into his hand to cover, in the midst of that, because of his pride, because of his merchandising, because of his traffic, that violence has filled this the land, that sin and iniquity abounds, Right? And therefore, God has cast him out. And, and, I, and I think, again, going along with my theory, again, this is just my theory that I feel is based more closely to the truth of what we know to be true according to what's revealed in script, scripture versus, you know, that he's the angel of music in heaven. He was cast down from his, his high position as the covering because we know that there's four, we have the angels who are the ones who are over the wind. Four angels, they have the four winds that control it. And then the end times, they're going to let the, move their hands to let the winds loose. So to me, the covering is just saying that he was in charge of it. He was supposed to be looking after and looking over it. But now... He has been cast down, which the angel of the Lord said, woe unto you inhabitants of earth, because Satan is coming down to you. When Jesus said, I saw him cast down, I saw Satan cast out of heaven and fall from heaven like lightning. So now he's coming down to you. And this further understanding is solidified when we read in Isaiah 14 and we read further in Ezekiel 28, particularly in Isaiah 14, where it says that the kings of the earth are then going to look down on him like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. Is this the one here? Let me look at the exact words that they say and read them to you. It says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, yet you shall be brought down to hell into the sides of the pit. And that's what the scripture also reveals to us later on 
in Revelation is that, he, that you know there are angels and there are things that are bound in chains even things that are under the earth that are in the pit bound in chains and the scripture even tells us that that Satan is casting his bread upon many waters hoping that some that it is stick you know so that's why when you see all this iniquity and deception working there are many kings of the earth who give their honor over unto him and they're putting their hand to work all types of different things because bread is representative of what food of power of sustenance of life right and so he's casting his bread upon many waters and he's trying to hasten his his exit from the pit that's what the scripture tells us and so it says that he'll be cast down to the pit and to the sides of the pit and they that see thee shall neverly look upon thee and consider these saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? And all the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in their glory, everyone in his house. But you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain. Thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit as the carcass trodden underfoot. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, when the Lord when the Lord brings justice and recompense and judgment, he do not be playing. Do you hear me? But I just wanted to share these thoughts with you guys again. You know, the, uh, this last part, I'm just saying these are just my thoughts based on you know just wisdom i read my bible basically <laughs> i read my bible you know this is just a theory that i come up with of course there are things you know like paul told us right now we see through a glass darkly because we all just have little pieces of understanding right but there's going to come a time where those that are thing those things that are hidden will be made manifest and all things will be revealed. And so this is just my theory you can take with you during your Bible study time. And hopefully it will help enhance your understanding. But at the very least, we know uh, now that it is, it is dispelled that Satan the, was not the minister of music. The Bible does not say that. There's nothing that says that he was the worship leader in heaven. But what we do know are the five points that we discussed here today. Okay, guys. So... I appreciate you guys rocking with me for this far. Again, I just want to thank you all for your support. I hope that you continue to support me. I really would like to see you guys go over and click the link to buy me a coffee um, to show your support for this ministry. And as always, you can download this episode and share it with someone for whom you care. All right, guys. Lord willing, I will talk to you guys soon.
ได้